0: Thank you for joining us for worship this morning. Please know that we are praying for you and that we miss each one of you. Hopefully we'll be back together to meet corporately very soon. Amy Alley, our director of children and preschool ministries is coming to give us an update and information on media resources that your family uh, can use during this time. And then Kevin Knight, minister of students will follow with some updated youth ministry information. Amy, you come.
1: Parents and kids, uh, I want you to know that Ms. Trudy and I have missed seeing you over these last few weeks. Uh, while we are apart, we want to do everything we can to provide resources for you and minister to your family. It just looks very different right now. Uh, so I just want to highlight some of the resources that we have been sending out and also some things that are coming this week. Um, we have been sending a weekly family worship at home email with all the links for how you can have community group um, in, and in your home with your kids. We're sending Bible story videos, activity pages, coloring pages, family discussion questions, and uh, review questions. So we hope you are utilizing that resource. If you have questions or need help locating those resources, just send me an email and I'll be happy to get you connected. Uh, Keep up with us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram. We are giving updates. We are posting encouraging Bible verses. Ms. Trudy and I are going live um, four days a week right now is the schedule. Uh, We would love to have you join us, interact with us. Um, So check us out and connect with us there. Um, I just want to remind you that right now media is an incredible resource. There are lots of resources for kids. So parents, um, that is a great resource. If you need to get connected to that, send Garrett Inslee an email, and she will help you out. Uh, And in your emails, parents, uh, watch for invitations for Zoom meetings. We want to connect our kids to each other. We want them to be able to see each other, maybe some of our leadership. Um, So watch your email for an invitation to Zoom uh, with us. And then this coming week, watch your mailbox for a Sunday School Quarantine Challenge that we are sending you. Miss Trudy and I will be calling all of you this week just to check in, so if you have a specific prayer request or a need, we want you to let us know. Parents, while we miss seeing everyone and we miss being together, I was thinking this morning what an opportunity for us to show our kids that the church isn't a building, we want to encourage you to look for opportunities to care for and show love to your neighbors while also appropriately practicing social distancing. Uh, thank you so much, and if you have any questions, please reach out to us.
2: Thank you, Amy. Um, also, let me add, uh, from our student ministry here at Pitts Baptist Church, we certainly do miss seeing you all here uh, to fellowship together on Sundays and Wednesdays and throughout the week. Um, One of the things that we've done in student ministry is send out our weekly Sunday school lesson in a PDF form through email. So we encourage you to to open that link and go through the lesson uh, together. Um, And then also, uh, there's a a quiet time guide for the week. Uh, Please utilize that as well as we navigate these uh, hard and difficult times. I just wanted to give you an update on a couple of things that are coming up uh, with some dates. Uh, First of all, I just will say to the church as a whole, thank you so much for your love and support of our student ministry here at Pitts Baptist Church. And that is so evident, by the way, that you let our students lead a whole service. And this year, uh, we've already had one of those services on March 8th, where Ryan Estes and Josh Suggs did an incredible job in, in leading us through Ecclesiastes chapter 1. And then our next Youth Sunday, which was supposed to be next Sunday, uh, has been postponed until April the 26th. Uh, Please be in prayer for Isaac Myers and Josh Lapish as they will be leading us in a study from Matthew chapter 10. And also our other youth ministry teams will be involved in that service as well. But again, that has been postponed until April the 26th. With that said, our ministry team dates are April the 19th, April 26th, and May the 3rd. And then the ensemble will also meet on May 31. So please know that these are dates that are now on the calendar. Hopefully and prayerfully we'll be able to keep those dates. Um, The deadline for our snowbird deposit was due next Sunday, but that deadline has also been extended to April the 26th. And then after that date, Snowbird will be open for registration for visitors. Uh, And let me remind you also that Infuge is also, uh, the the registration for Infuge is still going on. Um, As I mentioned last week, our mission trip to Malawi has been postponed to June the 18th through the 29th. And so uh, we'll be looking forward to continuing to get ready for that trip. And with that said, uh, our golf tournament, golf remissions tournament, that was supposed to be next Saturday, has been postponed to May the 30th. And the deadline to register for sponsorship signs or uh, to register as a team is May the 24th. Uh, and since we're not here to register, you can register simply by emailing me at kknigh.t@pbcweb.org. at pbcweb.org. Uh, Again, these dates are subject to change with the ever-changing climate that we're living in these days. But once again, I just wanted to thank you so much for your continued love and support and prayers for our student ministry here at Pitts Baptist.
0: We are trying to assist our senior adults with basic grocery and prescription pickup and delivery if you have a need. Uh, for us to help you please email me at kseeger at pbcweb.org and we'll coordinate that with you if you are a junior or senior in high school or involved in our epic young adult ministry we would like uh, you to help us make deliveries Uh, you can also if you'd like to do that be a part of that also please email me at kseeger at pbcweb.org seniors be assured that we will take measures to make sure we practice proper social distancing and sanitizing while handling uh, and making deliveries. Uh, Also know that we may have to make adjustments to this as policies change. One of our church members, uh, Elizabeth Kirk, reminded us last week of a great Old Testament story found in 2 Chronicles 20. The King of Israel, King Jehoshaphat, has found out that a huge army is about to attack them. By sheer number, they will be overrun but he gathers the people together to seek help from the Lord. I'm going to read from Second Chronicles 20, verses 5 uh, through 12. It says, And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might so that none is able to withstand you. Did you not know our God drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? And they have lived in it and have built for you in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, If disaster come upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house. And cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And now behold, the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you have not let Israel invade when they came out from the land of Egypt, and whom they have avoided and did not destroy. Behold, they reward us by coming to drive us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. O our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. And then listen to this key phrase. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Our eyes are on you. If you read on in the story, God intervenes and causes the attacking army to turn on itself, saving Israel. Let's remember that the Lord our God still reigns. And then if you read down in verse 21, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for his steadfast love endures forever let's pray together God we come to you and we give thanksgiving because God you still are on the throne God you are sovereign none of this at all surprises you God and we just pray that you give wisdom where it's needed God for our governing officials from our president and Donald Trump down to our local officials God that you would give then your divine wisdom to know what to do next. We don't know what to do, but God, our eyes are on you. We ask us to each one of us to pray this and mean it and seek your holy face, God, through these times that we don't understand, that we may not know how to navigate, but God, we know that you do. Give wisdom, God. Thank you for this day and allowing us to come together by way of uh, video, by way of... Uh, the internet. We thank you for those capabilities, God. Just give us a special time together as a church family and those that are even visiting with us. Thank you for them, God, tuning in and being a part of this worship service together. Be with our guest as he comes in a few moments to speak. God, use his words to challenge us. Thank you again, God, for all you do for us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Jonathan and Laura are coming to lead us in worship.
3: Good morning, Uh, Pitts Baptist family, and others who have joined us this morning. We're so grateful for this format that we can come to you uh, in. Uh, You know, folks, there's one thing I want us to keep in mind. Uh, The scripture says the word of God is not bound, and God's word will accomplish that which he purposes. And so we may be bound for meeting this morning as a church family and indeed we miss seeing your smiling faces but one thing we're so grateful for is that the Word of God is not bound. It's my joy and privilege this morning to introduce our speaker to you. Uh, His name is Sam Nadler. He is a Messianic Jew. He's a Jewish man who came to faith in Christ in January of 1972. And since then, he has been involved in evangelism among the Jewish people and church uh, planting. Uh, I guess I met Sam probably about 15 years ago. We've had him here at Pitts Baptist uh, in the Easter season. Uh, He has led us through uh, Seder meals, which shows Christ in the Passover. And what a delight that's been uh, to see. Well, he's with us this morning to talk about Christ in the Old Testament. Uh, Sam and his wife, Miriam, uh, they are very prolific writers. I'm sure he'll talk to you about some of their resources that you can buy. And uh, what a blessing he has been to our ministry here. We're so thankful that uh, you have the opportunity of hearing him this morning. You know, as Christ was uh, risen from the dead and walking with two disciples on the road to Emmaus, uh, they did not know at first who he was. And the scripture says he began with Moses and the prophets and began showing how all of the scripture uh, spoke of him and then their eyes were opened. Well, it's certainly my prayer that your eyes will be further opened this morning Uh, to Christ in the Old Testament, and really Christ in all of the Scripture. I hope you'll get a copy of the Bible because Sam is uh, going to be leading us through Scripture this morning from Genesis to Revelation. And so get a Bible out and get ready to to follow along. Uh, Sam, you come and lead us, and thank you for being here this morning. It's a joy to have you.
4: Thank you, Pastor. Wonderful to be here with you. Uh, and uh, I want to thank you for your prayers for Word of Messiah Ministries. We're thankful for the work that God is doing in season and out of season, because regardless of the difficulties of this season, it's still the day the Lord has made. And so please remember to pray for us. Uh, We have some materials for you, free materials for you. If you go to wordofmessiah.org, O-R-G, wordofmessiah.org. W-O-R-D, of Messiah, uh, o, dot O-R-G. We've got some free downloads for you, some free materials for you. Uh, let me just mention our newsletter. If You, uh, you can sign up for it uh, right there on, uh, the face, uh, on the page of our website. Uh, and you can also, if you wish, give a gift. But let me tell you why you shouldn't give a gift to our work. Uh, because we are a faith mission. The work that we do is we plant churches amongst Jewish people around the world. Our headquarters is here in Charlotte, but our work is worldwide. And our materials are being used all over the world, and our outreach is all over the world. So please remember us in prayer. Do not give in to fear. Uh, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, 2 Timothy 1.7. And the problem with fear is it focuses you on the issues you're afraid of, but God wants us to be in prayer one for another, because social distancing cannot destroy our spiritual unity. That is sure and amen in our Lord Jesus. So remember us in prayer. We're one body in Christ reaching out here and around the world. If you go to our website, you'll get a free book, and for this time of year, it's really a special blessing for you. It's called a Passover Haggadah, Haggadah, like I gotta have a Haggadah. In other words, it'll help you go through the whole Passover meal. So even if you're going to not be able to come together as a group, we have big outreaches planned, we'll see how the Lord works that out, But even so, your own family uh, can do a full Passover meal. and Just go to wordofmessiah.org You can just press the banner there for Haggadah and you'll get a Haggadah so you can follow along and uh, have a wonderful Passover meal yourselves. But in any case there's uh, other books and materials there on our site. Let me just quickly mention uh, this time of year uh, besides the Haggadah. Uh, We also have a lot of teaching so you can understand the festivals, because even though uh, there may be a coronavirus around, it is still a time to orient our lives around God. Be careful of circumstances disorienting you, distracting you. We run this race with endurance, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher, So this time of years is meant by God to help you grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. And so our book, Messiah in the Feast of Israel, will be a special blessing as you understand the whole redemptive program that God has laid out through the festivals of Israel all point to Jesus. You say, well, I don't like to read books. Well, don't get huffy about it. We have it on DVD just for you. So you can check that out if you wish. Of course, the best books on our site and that we have are written by my wife. She's actually the smart one in the family. Her newest book, Compassion and Redemption, deals with the women in the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew 1, how the grace of God brought them into the genealogy and how the same grace of God brings us into the family of God as well. You'll love that. Our newest book, though, is one I've written called Messianic Marriage Matters. It's a big book because marriage is a big subject and the Bible deals with it from cover to cover. You say, why would that be important? Now listen carefully. A congregation, a congregation cannot be any stronger than the families that make it up. In other words, we these strong families have a strong congregation. This book will help your marriage and your family to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. Now, when you won't get that Haggadah, you just need to go on our website, wordofmessiah.org. You'll notice when you press the banner Haggadah, uh, just be able to put in the box there uh, the the code that we have for that book, free book, put in P-I-T-T. If you're listening uh, right now, Just put in P-I-T-T and you'll get that free book. We have other free downloads for you as well. Enjoy yourself when you're on our site after we're finished with our service, of course. But in any case, please remember us in prayer. We're delighted to be praying for you too because we are all one body reaching out. And so this time of year, you may wonder, is God on hold? You know, is everything God doing just put on the back burner because of the uh, coronavirus? You would be wrong. This is the opportunity that God has for us to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. Uh, A plane goes higher against adverse winds. And so the situations that we are under now are intended by God for his people to actually grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. And this time of year reminds us just how we grow. If you want to know how we grow, we grow in Jesus. We're being conformed to the image of the Son, S-O-N, Romans chapter 8, verse 29. We're growing into the fullness and the stature of the Son of God. And this time of year teaches us just how we grow in the fullness of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, how do we grow? It's through a whole Bible orientation. You say, the whole Bible. Did you know from Genesis to Revelation, it's all about Jesus? Jesus said in John chapter 5, verse 39, to some religious folks, he said, You search the scriptures, hoping in them to find eternal life, but it is me, Jesus, of whom it speaks. And so the Bible's all about him. And if you're going to grow, you're going to grow in him. And this time of year gives us a special opportunity to grow in him. Because the Lamb of God is actually the focus of our faith. You say, well, why would that be? Because in his death is our life. In his death is not just our forgiveness, but the fullness of life. And we're going to run this race. We'll be looking to him, trusting him, abiding in him to bear much fruit. It's really all about him. And so let's grow together in him and understanding how to grow in the Lamb of God. Because when you take a look at the Bible, God laid it out in a very logical, reasonable, rational order. Now there may be some unbelievers who think that the Bible is irrational. That's because they left out the key issue to understand the Word of God, and that's God himself. He laid it out. That's why the Word of God is inspired. He inspired words. Uh, Words therefore tell us it's rational, organized, and understandable. And so as we start in the beginning in Genesis chapter 22, we want to take a look at how we grow in the Lamb of God, Genesis chapter 22. In that section of scripture, it's a very famous portion amongst Jewish people because in that portion is the uh, sacrifice of Isaac. You say, what? Well, we'll get to that point. But that is a very important issue in the scriptures in Genesis chapter 22. I am going to just read a couple of verses uh, to start us off here, uh, and then I'm going to ask the Lord uh, to add his blessing to our considerations. Uh, you say, well, why got God do that? Because I trust him to give the increase. I really don't trust in me a whole lot at all. And so Genesis chapter 22, let's read a couple of verses there, starting at verse 1. It says, Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham. Might have been his final exam at his age. But it says here, And said to him, God said to him, Abraham. And he said to God, Here I am. Verse 2. And he said, God said, Now take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and, of, uh, and offer him there as a burnt offering on the, one of the mountains, which I will tell you. What is going on here? Let's understand before we ask the Lord to even bless the reading and application of his word. Let's understand the issue of the test of Abraham, which is the test all of us are going through as well. You say, what do you mean we're all going through a test? The test is the same for Abraham, for me and for you. Because Abraham was being tested, does he love the giver more than the gift? And I don't know what gifts God has given you. Maybe it's a gift of time. Maybe it's a gift of treasure. Maybe it's a gift of talent. Or maybe it's just a blessings that are beyond description. But do you love the giver more than the gift? Or are you so attached to the gift that your eyes are off the giver? That's the test for Abraham. That's the test for us. So let's pray about this right now and ask God to help us to grow because we don't have a testimony without testing. Let's pray. Father, add your blessing to the study of your word. Not only in its study, but we pray that the Holy Spirit, who inspired the writing of Scripture, we pray that he, he will even now illuminate our minds and hearts to the truth of your word. And Lord, even as we are yielded to the living word of God, our Lord Jesus, we pray that the same Holy Spirit would not only enlighten our minds, but empower us to live out the truth. For indeed, then the truth will have set us free. So guide us, I pray, as we grow even more. In the name of our Messiah, the Lord Jesus, amen. So let's understand the issues here. God told Abraham to go to the area of Moriah. That's exactly, on that mount is exactly where the temple will one day be established. So it's quite prophetic and significant in the scriptures. And everything in this portion of scripture is meant to grab our attention on the truth of the Messiah yet to come. But Let's read through the scripture a little bit here and understand the flow of the text. It says here in verse 3, So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son... And he split wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place in which God had told him. I don't think he woke up Sarah. He let her sleep through this one. This might be a a whole whole lot for her to bear. Uh, According to tradition, the very next chapter in verse 1, chapter uh, 23, verse 1, Sarah dies. Uh, Traditionally, it's understood that when she heard what her son went through, uh, at that point she passed. But in any case, at this point, it doesn't seem he wakes her up. Read on with me, verse 4. On the third day, Abram raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. That third day is something for you to mark through the word of God as it will come up uh, throughout God's word. You say, what's important about the third day? Remember, the whole Bible's about Jesus. The third day points us to Jesus' resurrection. So even as we're taking Isaac to be sacrificed, our attention is already on the results of what God alone can do. Read on with me, if you will. Uh, verse 5, Abraham said to the young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the lad will go over there, and we will worship, and we will return to you. We will Hold on a second, Abe. Don't you understand this is a one-way trip for Isaac? What do you mean we will return? Are you telling a little bit of a fib? Are you concerned maybe about Isaac being uh, disconcerted by the issue here? No, no, no. 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 Abraham wasn't lying, wasn't fibbing. Wasn't uh, twisting the truth in any fashion. You say, "Well, what, 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 when the world's going on here?" Abraham knew something that many of us are unaware of. Abraham knew something about God. You see, Isaac was the blessing. Isaac was the miracle child. Isaac was the one who came to Abraham and Sarah when they could not have children. She could never have kids in her life, and was already far beyond the age of women having children. And Abraham himself was 100 years old at at, uh, Isaac's birth. You say, well, what do you mean? Abraham knew God was good with a dead womb and could bring life from a dead womb. In the very same way, he could bring life from a dead womb. If it was God's will that Isaac was going to die, God is good with dead. He could raise the dead. He was absolutely sure of that. You say, well, are you just making it up? No, I'm reading my Bible. For we read in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17 through 19, that Abraham brought back Isaac as a type of the resurrection. Now, we may not see that in the scripture for ourselves. There's no promise of resurrection. But Abraham knew something about God. God is good with dead. He didn't want to make bad people good. Doesn't seem to be working too well if that was his intention. His intention was to make dead people live. That's the truth. And so Isaac is a type of the resurrection. And Abraham was the first one to have a hope in such a matter. Move on with me in the scriptures if we might. Notice what we read here. And so it says in verse 6, Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son Isaac was in his late teens probably about 16 or 17 that would make Abraham about 116 117 and so notice if you will he laid it on his son Isaac and he took it in uh that's he could carry that wood up a mountain as such it says there and he took in his hand the fire and the knife and so the two of them walked on together verse 7 Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. And he said, behold, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Now, Isaac, now listen careful. Because Isaac was submissive, you might think he was stupid. (laughs) No, no. People who are submitted to the will of God aren't stupid. The smartest thing you can do. And so he's doing a little checklist thing here. Got the fire, got the wood, whoops. Where's the lamb for the burnt offering? And then Abraham says to him in verse 8, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. This is the first place in the Bible. Now listen carefully. Of all the places in the Bible yet to come, where a lamb is spoken as a substitutionary sacrifice. Where a lamb is mentioned as an individual sacrifice for sins. This is the first place in the Bible where that is mentioned. And we want to understand how important this is to the rest of the word of God. And so when we understand that, we can now understand what's coming up later in this chapter. Read along with me if you will. Verse 9, they came to the place which God had told him, and Abraham built the altar uh, and arranged the wood and bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. What? This young man was strong enough to carry wood up that mountain. I'm sure he could have taken his 116-year-old father in two out of three falls on the WWE. What is going on here? Will understand, if you will, what the Bible's telling us. Not only was it a test for Abraham, it was a test for Isaac, wouldn't you say? A test for Isaac. Isaac had to trust God. How could he trust God in such a situation? He knew something that we're learning as well. Now listen, you dads who are uh, listening from home, listen carefully about this matter. He saw. Isaac saw his father Abraham obey God when things were tough. And if my daddy can trust God through tough times, then I can trust God as well. Now listen, parents. We want our children to trust the Lord through difficulty. We model that in our lives so they'll know how to follow it in their lives. And so we see here that Isaac was bound and laid on the altar. Uh, Verse 10, it says, Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Verse 11, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. Third time in this chapter, here am I. For those who want to do a little Bible study, you can study it from that point. Here am I. And he said, do not stretch out your hand against the land and do nothing to him. For now I know you fear fear God and you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Well, first of all, understand, in the Hebrew, it can be understood as now it is known. Now it is known. God understood Abraham's heart. You say, what do you mean? From the moment God said you're going to sacrifice your son on Moriah, Abraham in his heart had done the deed. That's faith. Faith isn't something intellectual. We act upon the truth of it. And then we live it out in real terms. But the first thing of faith is in our heart. First of all, we need to trust in Jesus in our heart. And then we confess him to others. And so the first thing, we act on it in our heart. That's what Abraham had done. And now it's apparent. Now it's a public testimony as well. And so we read on here and it says, uh, verse 13, Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him, a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the place of his Son, Abram called, verse 14, called the name of that place. The Lord will provide, as it said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it will be provided. And that's the place where the temple would be built. That's the place where the Messiah, the Lamb of God, would be crucified right outside of there. You say, well, what is all this? It's prophetic. But the point of the matter is, There was a lamb for the person. Now listen, there was only one person to die. That was Isaac. But there was a lamb for the person. What's that mean for you? There's a lamb for you. But even for those of you who are tuning in uh, with us in this live stream ministry, you may think, well, I've done enough just, just tuning in. It was hard enough to figure out how to do that. Well, congratulations or mazel tov, as we would say. But nonetheless, your own works cannot save you. You have to understand something. Here's the real question for you to think about. Ready for this? Why Isaac? (laughs) Why Isaac? He was the good son, he was the submitted son, he was the obedient son. Why Isaac? Now listen carefully. We understand the Lord Jesus, his death was enough for the worst of sinners. His death. Is necessary for the best of sinners. The best of people need a Savior. The good people, as we would understand it. Oh, there's none that good, none at all. All fall short of the glory of God. But the best of people need a Savior. The first time we see a lamb as a substitutionary promised suffering servant, we see him as a lamb for the best of people, not just the worst of people. The best of people need a Savior. That's the first lesson that we learn as we move on now. Turn, if you will, to Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12, you say, where is that? It's the second book from the front or the 65th book from the back. Well, we can't wait for you if you want to do things the hard way, but it's certainly up to you. Exodus chapter 12 is the Passover story. This is where the lamb was promised to be uh, uh, atonement for sin, but also to free us from judgment. Because judgment was going to come on every home uh, there as that final plague was brought onto the Egyptian people. And only those who took a lamb and put that blood on their doorway would be absolutely guaranteed not to come under judgment. And that's the same truth we have in Jesus. When you place your faith in him, he did enough for you. He is your full atonement. You're complete in him. And you will not come into judgment. You go from death unto life, John 5, 24. And so we want to understand this lamb. Notice, if we will, uh, in this portion. Now, remember, in the day of Abraham, there's just a few people who were believers. Just a few people who were believers. Now, we see it has grown. We see the tribes of Israel, but also the families of Israel here. Notice what the text says. Exodus chapter 12. Verse 3 and 4, Moses says, speak to uh, to all the congregation of Israel, saying, on the 10th of this month, they're each one to take a lamb for themselves, according to the father's household, a lamb for each household. Verse 4, now if the household is too small for a lamb, what do you mean? Well, a year-old lamb would be about 60 pounds. That's too much for any family. You'd have to share with your neighbors. This is the first door-to-door evangelism. And so it says a lamb is too small for a house, for a household too small for a lamb, then he and his neighbor nearest to his house to take one according to the number of persons in them, according to what each man should eat. You are to divide the lamb. We saw there's a lamb for the person. I want to assure you of something else. There's a lamb for the family, a lamb for the household. The family is under attack. As I mentioned, our book Messianic Marriage Matters has been written so we can have stronger families, have stronger congregations for a stronger testimony. What I did not mention was the reason for that book was this. When humanity, in Genesis chapter 3, When humanity was attacked by the the evil one, uh, by the serpent of old, by Satan, he didn't just attack humanity, he attacked a marriage. He attacked a marriage in Genesis chapter 3. He's attacking marriage to this day, and it's the redeemed marriage that testifies of what God alone can do. You say, well, what does a marriage need to have that testimony? It needs the Lamb. Your family needs the lamb. We plant congregations all over the world. And we, don't want, we don't try to reach individuals, we try to reach families. We want the heads of the household to be praying for their family, reading the scripture to their family. We want strong leaders in each of those families. Well, in one situation, uh, one of the congregations that we were planting, a few people in the family came to faith, all but 2 the father and one of his daughters. Uh, and so we were praying for them. He was a good guy. you know. Call a good guy, a hard-working guy, cared about his family, but he didn't know the Lord. Uh, and so one day he came to our service uh, with a, a, a tear stained letter in his hand his tears, his tears. And he said, Sam, you got to read this. It was from his daughter. And it said, Daddy, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for the shame I brought you. I got to leave. I got to leave. She ran away from home. His heart was broken. You see, he had done everything for his family. He was working two jobs to feed his family, clothe his family, house his family. He was doing everything he could for his family, but that's not enough. What did he need? He needs the lamb for the family. You see, we're complete in Jesus, not apart from him. Apart from him, we can do nothing. Your family needs the lamb. And so we want to understand that when you come to personal faith, As an individual, then you're concerned for your family. So we see the development of the word of God regarding the lamb of God in our growing love as we not only understand for ourselves, but also for our families. Turn, if you will, to Isaiah chapter 53. Now, some of us who are uh, Jewish believers, we cut our teeth on this portion of scripture. I guess I've shared it with thousands of Jewish people, and so many have come to faith. Uh, you can kind of download our teaching from the website I mentioned, wordofmessiah.org, and learn how to share your faith with Jewish friends, neighbors, family, and acquaintances. Uh, but this portion has always been used by God as it clearly points to our Messiah, the Lord Jesus. But in this section of Scripture, I just want to look at a few verses. Isaiah chapter 53, uh, notice, if you will, verse 6 through 8. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. Verse 7. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb, there it is, like a lamb led to the slaughter. Here is where the Messiah is identified as a lamb. As a lamb that is led to slaughter like a sheep that is silently for its shearers, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people, my people, to whom the stroke was due? my people. People, all, when I go to Israel, you know we go quite often, please remember us in prayer, and when the door is open there again, we want to walk through them. Please remember us in prayer for the outreaches we do there. Uh, we want to see, you know, we're so thankful to share the good news in Israel, to see congregations getting planted, to see leaders being trained up. This last trip I was just on, we had so many young, young Leaders being trained, it was just wonderful. I was just blessed of the Lord to be uh, doing the training for that. Please remember us in prayer. You say, well, what do you teach when you go over there? We have one thing to talk about. In a land that is desperate for peace, we proclaim the Prince of Peace. He is the Lamb of God. He's the only one. And you say, well, what do you mean when it says here, for my people, verse 8, my people. What is the hope of Israel? What's the hope of the Middle East? What's the hope of the world? What's the hope for our country, for our people, for our nation? There's only one hope, and that is the Lord Jesus. That is the lamb that is slain from the foundation of the world. That's the only hope there is for Israel. And so we want you praying for us as we go over there to share the good news. Not only here do we do our conferences and our outreaches, but there as well. You say, well, what do we pray for? Pray that God will give the increase to the preaching of his word. We share the good news with Jewish people there. And not only Jews, God loves everybody. We want to see Palestinians come to faith. We want everyone to come to faith. And so pray for us as we reach out. Because the only hope for Israel is the Lamb. That's the only hope for your family, for your life, for our nation and the nation of Israel as well. A turn, if you will, to John John chapter one. In John chapter one, we have a kind of reiteration. You may not think of a a great commission this way, but we see uh, in the great commission, go make disciples of all nations. That's kind of repeating what God first said to uh, Adam and Eve. Uh, He blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Well, that's what we are about. And in John chapter 1, we see, uh, in a sense, a summarization of the Great Commission. uh, In terms we can understand at this time of year, as we're not only looking forward to Passover, but celebrating his resurrection. And so when we take a look at John chapter 1, we have to be careful. Now, the Gospel of John was written by John the Apostle. But also there's another John being spoken of in John chapter 1, and that's John the Baptist. And so notice what we read in John chapter 1, verse 29. John 1, 29. The next day, he, that's John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. There's the whole Great Commission Summarize for you. What's the hope of this world? Listen, the hope is the lamb. There's a lamb for the person, even the best of people. There's a lamb for the family, even the good guys that, that are running your home, leading the home. You need the lamb. There's a lamb for a nation, even the best of nations need the lamb. But there's a lamb for the world. There's a lamb for the world. What's the hope of this world? The hope of this world is the Lamb of God, because he alone takes away the sins of the world. He alone is the one who is the sin remover. He's the one who brings forgiveness and life. Now, we're doing outreach throughout the world. I remember on a trip to Europe, I tried to you know, travel like, travel right, you ever hear that? So I don't take too much, Oh, just take carry on with me, no matter how long I'm gone. But listen, I was on the road for quite a while in Europe, Let me put it this way, they could smell me coming. (laughs) I realized I needed more socks than I had packed because they could smell me coming. So I went into a a department store there uh, to buy some uh, socks for myself. But, you know, they measure things a little strange in Europe. So there I am trying to tell people how big my foot is because I needed socks for my feet. And the person behind the counter there, in perfect English, And said to me, that won't be necessary. I said, well, it is necessary. It's my feet. They need to be right size. And she said, no, it won't be necessary. I said, why won't it be necessary? And she said, because one size fits all. I said, well, that's exactly what I'm here to tell everyone. Whatever country they're in, whatever culture they have, whatever language they speak, one size fits all. Because, you see, if there were many gods, maybe there'd be many ways to God. But there's only one God. And whatever country you are from, there's one way to God. No way unto the Father but through the Son. Jesus said, uh, uh, he's the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father but through him. John 14, 6. And so whatever the country may be, pray for us as we go to these countries believing that God cares about the people there. In Germany, we've been planting congregations in Germany. Doesn't God have a sense of humor? Planting congregations in Germany. God brought hundreds of thousands of Jews back into Germany. And we've seen good news going forward there. And then everywhere else, in the Ukraine, in other countries, pray for our materials to translate into Russian Please remember us in prayer. Why? Because God cares about those people. And if you're growing in the land, let me tell you what's going to be happening. It's not only going to be concerned concern for yourself, there's a lamb for the person. Not only is go- then going to be a, a concern for your own family, indeed, there's a lamb for the household. Not only will it be a, a, a concern for the nation, and we trust even the nation Israel. Uh, but also a concern for the world, for God so loved the world. When you're growing in him, the love of Christ constrains your heart, and his concerns become your concerns. Listen, we are attached at the heart with God. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in our Lord Jesus Christ. We 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 are attached at the heart with God, what burdens his heart, is going to burden our heart if we're walking with him, if we're trusting in the Lord, if we're depending upon him. We're going to be concerned for places we may never get to. But God is concerned for those people. Pray for us and pray for those nations because social distancing cannot destroy our spiritual unity. God cares about those folks. You say, well, what can I do from here? The light that shines furthest is the light that shines brightest at home. You care about people there, and your family will be ablaze. Your heart will be kindling wood for revival. Pray for us. Turn, if you will now, to the last uh, portion. We'll look at Revelation chapter 5. Turn to Revelation chapter 5. You say, Sam, you started in Genesis. You're going all the way to Revelation. Why you got to do a whole Bible? Well, you don't invite me back often enough, Brother Scott. You just thought, you got to invite me back more often. Otherwise, i got to do the whole thing in one shot here. Revelation chapter 5. In Revelation chapter 5, we have a strange situation when we think about it. In Revelation chapter 5, we have a weeping apostle. (laughs) Can you imagine a weeping apostle? And so in Revelation chapter 5, please know this, if you will. We're going to look a portion here for ourselves. Revelation chapter 5. And so it says here, John, uh, the apostle, wrote the book of Revelation. It's the revelation of Jesus. Verse 1, he says, I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a book written inside on the back, uh, sealed up with seven seals. I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to break its seals? And no one in heaven, on earth, or under the earth was able to open the book or to look into it. Then I began to weep. Can you imagine that? Then I began to weep greatly because no one was found worthy to open the book or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Stop weeping. That's pretty straightforward. I bet he was a New York City elder, don't you think? Stop weeping. Behold, a lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome to open the book and the seven seals. The lion of the tribe of Judah, even in heaven, he's still from Judah. Can you imagine that? To the Jew first, even in heaven. But what's the point here? I imagine that really encouraged John's heart. That's what we need. We need a lion from the tribe of Judah. And maybe with the circumstances you're going through, not only with the coronavirus, not only with financial issues, not only with relationship problems, you're thinking, that's what I need. I need a lion. I need the lion of the tribe of Judah. I need a lion to solve my problems. That's what I need. That's what John was thinking. And so therefore, we go from verse 5, we go directly now, if you will, uh, to verse 6 as he turns around. And John writes, And I saw between the throne and the four living creatures, uh, the elders, a lamb standing. Did you get that? A lamb. Now, he, he thought he needed a lion. He needed a lamb. Right now, in your situation, you probably think, I need a lion. You need the lamb. You need the lamb. This is the one who brings hope to your heart. He's our blessed hope. He's the one who brings confidence to your soul. He has conquered death. Therefore, we don't only have a fear of death to us to die as gain. We actually trust the Lord through the situations, through the adversity of life. We fly higher, we grow even more because not only is there a lamb for the person, not only is there a lamb for the family, not only is there a lamb for the nation, not only is there a lamb for the world, there's a lamb for eternity. There's a lamb for eternity. I don't know what you're trusting uh, your eternity to, but there's a lamb. For eternity. And this is the one who will focus our attention. This is the one who deserves our worship. For we read on from there if we will. I saw a, a lamb standing as if slain. He'll still have the marks of our redemption forever. We look upon the death of our Lord Jesus our life. And the resurrection power then through the Holy Spirit for the life he called us to live. For it says there having seven horns all powerful. Seven eyes all-knowing, which are the seven spirits of God sent out all the world, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. When he had taken the book, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the, uh, before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the book and to break the seals, for you were slain and purchased for God with your blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom of, and priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. Then I looked. Verse 11, I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and living creatures and elders and numbers of them and myriads and myriads and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb, worthy is the lamb, worthy is the lamb. This is the focus of our attention. He is worthy of your life, of your hope, of your faith, of your all in all. He is worthy of it all. There was a man who had bought into Microsoft early on, was quite wealthy. A reporter interviewed him and said to him, excuse me, sir, I'd like to ask you a question. Yes, son, what do you want me to ask? What do you want to ask me? He said, if you knew back in the day when you first bought Microsoft, if you knew then what its value would be, what its worth would be, what would you have done differently then if you knew then what you know now? He said, if I knew then what I know now, I'd invest more. I'd invest everything I had. I'd invest everything I had. If you were to ask even one saint in heaven, if you knew then when you were on earth, what you now know in heaven about our Lord Jesus and his worthiness? What would you do differently on earth and Than you did then. If you knew then what you know now, he said, "If I knew then how worthy is, I'd give all my time, all my talent, all my treasure, because worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. This is worth of our time, our talent, our treasure." This is worthy of our lives. This is the best investment you can make now and forever. For there's a lamb for eternity. And who will be there? Every tribe and tongue, every nation. Some of the people in Germany that I've been reaching out to, in Israel, South America, throughout the United States. We just had a planters conference in southwest U.S. And maybe some of the folks from there will be there praising the Lord, worshiping God, saying, worthy is the lamb. You know who will be there? Isaac will be there. Won't that be great? Isaac. I bet he'll say, "That's the land my daddy was talking about. That's the land I was provided. That's the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. Who will be there? They'll all be there. Will you be there? Will you be there? Oh, he wants you there so badly. He wants you there so much. He loves you with an everlasting love. He gave all so you could be with him forever. If only you'll trust in him. As an individual, there's a lamb for you. And then pray for your family, because there's a lamb for the family. And then as you grow, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. He's the prince of peace. And the light that shines furthest It'll shine brightest at home. And pray for our dear nation. Divided by politics, but we're united in Christ. Pray for the lamb for our nation. And pray for our mission as we go forward. To the Jew first, but not to the Jew only. Pray for us, brethren. Let's pray together right now. Father, we ask for your blessing on the study of your word, that the Holy Spirit would now help us apply it to our lives. And for those who have uh, simply heard the good news and want to trust in Jesus, even now incline our hearts, Lord. Incline our hearts to trust in Jesus even now. And if you're listening, if you're live streaming with us or downloading this, I'm going to say a simple prayer. If you have to trust in Jesus, right now is your opportunity because there's a lamb for the person And pray with me this simple prayer. God hears your heart. He hears your thoughts. Pray with me this simple prayer right now. And if you're growing in him, pray that you'll grow even more in the Lamb of God. Pray with me. Dear God, forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for my selfishness. Forgive me for my fears, for my doubts, for my panic. Cleanse my sins away through the blood of jesus your son thank you for loving me in season and out of season thank you for saving me now and forever and lord even now help us to grow that our families might glorify your name and that Israel will one day be revived as a nation in Jesus and that our own dear nation, too, will glorify that name that's above every name. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. Shalom.
2: Once again, church family, we thank you for uh, tuning in this morning uh, to our message and to our time together. Uh, We so look forward to the time that we can be together once again as a family to worship our Savior. Um, I'm going to close us in a word of prayer, and then after I do so, Pastor Scott will come with a few more words of instruction and encouragement. Let us pray together father indeed it has been good to open your word this morning lord your word is true there's not a mixture of error in it and lord god we thank you so much that all of it points to christ our savior our messiah god i thank you that jesus is our only hope for when we put hope in anything else it will indeed fail us but God, Jesus is our hope. And not only, Father, is he our hope, he is the hope for our nation. And God, I pray that during these perilous times that our face and our eyes would, and our gaze would be fixed on not only the saving grace of the Lord Jesus, but the sustaining comfort and peace that only he can give. And dear God, I pray that we know in our families that Jesus is our hope. Lord, I'm sure that many families have maybe lost their way during this time. God, I pray that you would refocus their hearts and their minds to the hope that is secure in Jesus. And then, Lord, we pray for the hope of our world as this is an issue not only for us, our families, our nation, but for our whole I pray, God, that what the enemy has meant for bad, God, that you would mean for good. Lord, that you would save souls as a result of what the enemy thought he was winning. God, I pray that you would help us fix our eyes on you. Lord Jesus, I, I pray that by faith we receive these words and live them, Father, so that others may see us as your light as your salt that others may come to know this lamb god we thank you and we praise you in the name of jesus amen,
3: amen. thank you Kevin and uh Thank you, Sam. We appreciate that message so much. And thank you for joining us uh, this morning uh, for this uh, video service. We trust that it has been a blessing to your heart, has strengthened you, and encouraged you. Uh, As the week goes on, we will be doing further postings. And so be on the lookout uh, for those, a Wednesday night message uh, in particular. But anyway, we'll have more for you as the week uh, wears on. You know, I think about a message on a Wednesday night several weeks ago as we've been going through Genesis and now in Exodus. At the end of Exodus chapter 4, Moses and Aaron went to the elders of Israel. And the scripture says there that when the elders of Israel heard that God was indeed concerned about them, they bowed and they worshipped. Folks, God is concerned about his people. And we see in scripture, as Sam has pointed out, the ultimate way that he has shown his love and concern is through Christ, the Lamb of God. Because we need reconciliation with God. And the only way to have that reconciliation is through Christ. God could not show his love in any greater way than what he did when he sent his son Jesus to die for our sins. And then on the third day, raised him from the dead. He gives us life, peace, forgiveness, justification in his sight. He gives us a wonderful new life. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have become new. The old has passed away. All things have become new. If that's the need in your life, to have Christ, please contact us. Uh, We would like to pray with you. We would like to encourage you in any way that we possibly can. We would like to get some materials in your hand to help you grow in your faith in christ christians i want to remind you that god is with us giving us hope during this time you know if uh if you already have christ in your heart you can take such great comfort yesterday i was studying some in psalm three and in psalm three david of course is running from absalom he's in trouble But in verse 3, he says, but you, O Lord, are a shield around me. Folks, think about that. Typically, a shield only protected the side of your body that you held it. But David said, God, you are a shield around me. He did not need to fear. In fact, because God was with him, he said in verse 5, I lie down and sleep. I awake again because the Lord sustains me. Think about that, folks. In times of trouble, David could even sleep knowing that God was was with him. He said there, from the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. Our hope in God will not be in vain. Church family, I want you to remember that. Our hope in God will not be in vain. God bless you. Have a great week.